Hello, everybody. Turn this up in our headphones, Charles. Ooh, yes, indeed I will. Hello, hello, everybody, one and all. Welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friends, Charles. Yes, we say the plural (laughs) friends yet again because we have the honor, nay, the privilege to be collaborating with some of the wonderful, wonderful gentlemen over at Fantology Podcast. I highly recommend checking them out. Guys, if you like what we do, you're going to love what they do. They're releasing episodes all the time. They've recently uh, done a few episodes on The First Law as well, which is also got Fantology and The First Law together in one episode. Can you believe it? <laughs> Steven and Josh, thank you so much for returning to the show. Yes, sir. It is our pleasure. Very excited to be here talking <laughs> fantasy with uh, with my friends. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. And Josh, I, I know we collaborated on 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 your show on Fantology, but have you been on FTF yet? I think this is my first time on FTF. Wow. So well, well, this is a special Josh. one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The Zoom call looks much the same, but the <laughs> mentality, I guess, is different. I don't know. It feels pretty similar, honestly, to doing stuff <laughs> on Fantology, I bet. You're sitting on a Zoom call. <laughs> a, a podcast uh, is a podcast. That's what you're saying. Yeah. It seems similar to most of life right now, just sitting on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, today, guys, we have a very special episode in store for all of you. We love the first law here. That's no secret. We've been reading through every book in the first law on our way to the Wisdom of Crowds, the third and final book in the Age of Madness trilogy, which drops um, August... Uh, August, oh my gosh, September 14th. It may have already come out by the time this is released, but we are right on the heels of it. We're super, super excited. At the time of recording, it's only a few days away. And yeah, we've been pl- we've been planning this, Stephen. You and I have been planning this for a long time, and it, it feels like Christmas Day here. <laughs> yeah, I think back, what, like February or March, I was looking at the calendar and thinking, <laughs> okay, we, we got to do something with FTF in the near future. But the first law was just such a... Wisdom of Crowds was such a big, tasty uh, dessert there that I think we we decided to do for this one. I and you you picked a great one. Dylan and I have been running the hype train for this for months, and I know you guys have been reading it for yeah. a while as well. Um, was listening to Jake make some very interesting predictions way back in the Blade itself episode. Uh, um, we'll have to talk to him about that one day. No, well, uh-huh. I guess we'll do spoilers here, but we got a very exciting episode. This is a who would win first law edition. What that means, we'll get into in just a moment. But Dylan, you maybe want to throw out that spoiler warning first to exonerate ourselves here. Yeah, sure. So I'm looking at this list of characters, and you've got it going all the way through the Age of Madness I here. Do. So I, do. I, I guess I'm going to give my spoiler warning that if you haven't yet read through The Trouble with Peace, uh, then uh, that means having read the original First Law trilogy, the standalones, 
I don't know if we'll really get into sharp end spoilers, but just in case you're worried about that. And then a little hatred, trouble with peace. You want to have read through all this first lost stuff if you don't want to get anything spoiled. Not that we're going to be getting into the deep end with anything about the books, but we're just not going to hold back on plot points and things that have happened as we speculate on who would win. So if you don't want any spoilers, now's a good time to turn this down in your headphones before we get too deep into it. Well said, Dylan. So here's how this is going to work, everybody. We have almost 50 different characters from the world of the First Law, ranging from characters we know and love from the First Law trilogy all the way through Age of Madness. And then we have about 25 different competitions, and these range from fights to elections to podcast hosts that runs the gambit of all kinds of things. So we're going to randomly generate a competition, randomly generate some First Law characters to compete in that competition. And then, Stephen and Josh, it will be our jobs to speculate on who would win. Are you guys ready? Charles, I see prom date on here and really (laughs) looking forward to going to prom with Logan. (laughs) He would be an interesting <laughs> date for sure, but you know what? It's in the hands of the First Law fantasy scenario character matchup <laughs> generator now. <laughs> yeah, there's canon to draw on with that, though. We know what he's like at a fancy dinner function. From yes, yes. He's, that's the blade itself, I think. Logan and Shivers walk into a phone together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would he would rock yeah, one of those. Um, those what do two. they call those flowers that you pin on the tuxedo? Uh, the cor- corsage. Corsage. Yeah, he'd rock. He'd rock a corsage. Ooh, nice. Yeah. He'd probably be very Nailed perplexed it, by it and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> "What is this? What are we doing this for?" But he'd probably try to eat it. <laughs> maybe maybe so let's get into it dylan will you mind generating the first competition i do not mind all right here we go beep boop beep okay you're gonna think i faked this but it is better prom date oh yeah oh better prom date so i will pick two characters and who would you rather go to the prom with guys oh interesting matchup here so we have the the famous author himself who's written the biographies of such greats as Nicomo Casca. We have Spillian okay. Swarbrick as potential bachelor wow. number one. Uh, bachelor number two, he doesn't say much, but when he does, man, he packs a real punch. We've got Harding Grimm. Harding Grimm and Spillian Swarbrick. Your two potential... You have one corsage, two potential dates... Who do you One give rose. the corsage to? <laughs> yeah. The bachelor yeah. finale. The bachelor. <laughs> Who will accept the corsage? <laughs> I can't say I'm super excited about either one of these dates, to be honest. I'm, uh, this feels like slim pickings. Okay, yeah. well, one is one is going to be much more fun than the other, right? Like, Swarbeck is going to be more entertaining, I would think. Like, yes. at least you're going to yes. get a good story. Yeah, he's and very fun. not die. You never know what Harding Grimm's going to bring to the table, though, because he has these moments, right? He gives that incredible uh, speech over uh, Jesus at over three trees' grave that he gives that speech. He does. Then he just randomly uh, can speak union is another thing that happens. So Grimm is full of surprises. I feel like you take him to the prom and suddenly he's just this incredible dancer and there's no (laughs) reveal of the backstory as to how he became such an unbelievable dancer, but you're blown away by him. (laughs) 
that's something that might happen with Hardy Grimm. Here's He's my a little bit okay. of a of a one trick pony. Mm. Not necessarily my favorite character. Like Joe does some does this a lot, where some of the side characters are just kind of like a one gimmick type of thing, and and that's that's their thing. They're just one note the whole time. He's definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Swarbrick is all that more dynamic, but. I, I think I go with Josh on this one. I think he's a little bit more of an interesting mm. date. See, my concern here with Swarbrick is he can also he can almost he's so flowery and like pompous that he could almost become insufferable. You know, that's my fear with him. He's just gonna talk all about himself the whole time. You're just sitting there like, oh my god, this guy. Whereas with Hard and Grim, you just have this mutual, <laughs> unspoken connection. And that's where I think the the magic might come in. So I don't know, guys. Do we have a 50-50 split here between Swarbrick and Grimm? Is the room divided already on the first <laughs> contest? Let me make one more case. It depends what you want from prom. Mm-hmm. If you want to go have like a fun night, like it, it, I feel like it's kind of like uh, low risk, low reward with Swarbrick. Like you're going to you're probably not going to have anything crazy happen and he might end up being the life of the party. Whereas Grimm, he might blow you away with some fanciful philosophy that you have yet seen from him, mm-hmm. but it also is likely just going to be a dud date. <laughs> anyway, mm. there's, there's my, there's my, uh, so Josh, you're casting your vote for Swarbrick. Yeah. Is that correct? That's yeah. All right, Stephen. Did did we were we able to sway you, or did Josh's argument keep you steadfast? <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm also for Swarbrick, and I actually have a little bit of a I don't know, somewhat misguided fan theory that that Joe is writing himself into Swarbrick mm. as the the long winded author of we, sorts. We that... we've seen that ourselves we've as done, well. Yeah, we've done some speculating on similar okay. stuff. I like it. The, yeah, Especially because so. he reads his story. He reads his little story. Yeah, yeah. And, That's uh, such a shotguns. great audiobook moment to hear yeah. uh, Joe Abercrombie do the voice of Swarbrick. <laughs> he brings yeah. it. He brings it. Yeah. But yeah, we have the, the theory of the end of uh, Red Country, but we're not here to get that far into right. spoilers. And so if, you know, I'm still leaning with Grim, Dylan. Are you leaning Grim still as well? I am still leaning grim. But so. you know what? <laughs> Phantology is our guest, and we're so happy to have them. We'll tip the scales towards Swarbrick for this one, just oh. because we got the tie. Mm. A guest. Do we get that every time? <laughs> if you're both on the same side. If we're mixed, then it's whichever side I'm on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> so, Dylan, let's move on. Let's wow. get to the next it contest. Hurts. An exciting first matchup. Swarbrick gets the corsage. I'm sure he would gladly right. accept it. <laughs> Let's get this generator pumping. Beep, boop, beep. We've got a fist fight here. Good Ooh, old fashioned fist, fist fight. There's plenty of characters yeah. here that are up for a good fist fight. So let's see who we have. All right. Well, the first one is, guys, we've known him from the beginning. We love him. He's an honest man. I a loyal man, a man who's risen up the ranks and somehow managed to stay a nice guy the whole way. I'm talking, of course, about the dog man. Dog man. Oh, right, oh, right, right. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Going up against someone that we had to wait until Red Country to read and experience for ourselves. This is a man who 
has described himself as a coward, so I'm not sure how he'll face up, but he's known to he's been known to surprise people, and that is Temple. So we have Temple mm. v. the Dog mm. Man in a fist fight. No weapons, no nothing, just fists. Gentlemen. <laughs> I mean as you were as you were describing the dog man as like which character has risen up and and not been corrupted and- <laughs> he's the only one really <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well okay a fist fight you gotta lean toward the dog man with all yeah. that combat experience yeah. I, yeah. I think it's no contest you know i love temple as much as anyone but it's yeah there's so many I mean, things temple could man. do well man. at for our contests like debates right. selections mm-hmm. anything that yeah. involves that kind of charm but dogman's a warrior he's fought in all the hardest battles and came out alive every single time so the one the one thing i will say is that temple seems to have like a very lucky streak you know he, he, yeah. he gets in a lot of situations where you think that he would not come out of like when they get uh we want to spoilers but yeah, we're allowed so, to do spoilers. I, I, yeah, we, well, we will do spoilers. Like, okay, so when he gets like ambushed in the wilderness by the, I'm forgetting the name. Anyway, by the ghost. Yeah, by the ghost, yeah. and he like somehow comes out of that ambush. I don't know. Obviously, well, thanks to shivers, I think it is thanks to shivers. <laughs> but he makes it out of a whole bunch of things, right? That mm-hmm. you wouldn't think he was right, going to make. Right. Like reading Red yeah. Country, like oh, Temple's going to die here. He's going to die here. He just skate. He somehow makes it out. I'm going to agree with you on Dogman, but I will say that. I could see that bite of like Abercrombie setting that up so that you think that Shivers would obviously just demolish Temple and that bite like in book, but mm-hmm. somehow Temple comes out on top. I oh, see we've seen we've seen from. that a few times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if Abercrombie were writing this fight, he would somehow make Temple win. <laughs> but if we were just yeah. cage matching these characters, Dogman would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The canon supports Dogman, but I agree with you, Josh. Temple's full of luck and full of surprises as well. The guy, he's his own worst enemy. He's very self-deprecating, but when it comes time to stand up, he always delivers. So it's tempting, but you can't do the Dogman dirty, guys. Like He's the Dogman. Come on. (laughs) So uh, I guess, are are we all voting Dogman here, Stephen? What's your take on this? I'm Dogman. Two of the... I mean, you, we 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 already mentioned that uh, Dogman is loyal and a good good righteous character, but Temple, you know, by the end, he uh, he's got some faults for sure in his past. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a long and storied history, but yeah. these are two of Joe's like actually morally right characters. So yeah, yeah it's funny to see them being uh, chosen here. Yeah, they're a good matchup. They never meet, but they do share a lot of similarities. They walk away kind of being like nice guys, and you know, they do right by themselves eventually and with their peers and, you know, have somewhat happy endings, I guess, like for Abercrombie novel. <laughs> That's the best it. you yeah. can hope for is, yeah. is to not be dead <laughs> or ruined. <Well>. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'd get a good fair fight between two decent folks. And yeah, they'd probably do a nice handshake afterwards. You know, they'd be friends afterwards. Yeah. When are, you know, Dogman would buy him a nail or something. <laughs> So let's, in a landslide for the dog, man, no surprises there. Let's go ahead and get that next scenario pumping, guys. Dylan, what do we got? All right. Beep, boop, beep. We have, who would be a better party host? Oh, who would host the better party? 
Gentlemen, we've got yeah. two options here. The first, we have, you know, before there was Colum West, there was Lord Marshal Burr. And that is who we have with us mm. as our first generous uh, patron okay. of the party. And then on the other side, we're bringing in someone from the Age of Madness trilogy, which is very exciting. But he also was apparently holding the shield on behalf of Bethod way back in the day in the first lot trilogy. I'm talking, of course, of mm. Jonas Clover. Jonas Clover, the Northman POV character from the Age of Madness. So who will be the better host, guys? Party Both host. parties are going to be terrible for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I so, don't see uh, Jen- Clover bringing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Clover, I don't think he'd be good at the setting up the party and making sure that it's a good event. But I think once people were there, he's got this kind of... It's a facade, but this laid back, funny jester type guy. I think he'd go around schmoozing folks and entertaining people. So I, I do like him from that angle. It's, I, I do think it's kind of slim pickings with these two <laughs> and, and parties. Until he just leaps out and before you know it, there's blood everywhere across the party. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He, he would just use the moment to he'd invite his like worst enemy and then poison uh-huh. them or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know, I also, I, I'm kind of moving to strike Lord Marshal Burr from future entries. Not the most exciting character. <laughs> I forgot he was in here. But he is a member of the Union and a high-ranking member as well. Don't Lord Marshals get a seat on the Close Council? So this, this guy is in the inner circle of the Union. So he's got access to all kinds of lavish entertainment. I'm talking like performers, the best wine, the mm, best food, okay. like crazy plates, crazy like like jewels everywhere. Everyone's wearing fancy dresses. You know, everyone's so it's going to be a Cardotti's party. <laughs> it's, it'll be a who's who of the Union. <laughs> Whereas with Clover, you'd probably sit in like a pile of dirt somewhere. The guy doesn't own anything. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Burr's just going to buy a party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So. But then he's stopping around like, damn this indigestion. And we, we don't want him like throwing up all over the place. That would be a whole scene. Is this like when so. your grump, is this like when your grumpy grandfather like plans the last family reunion and everybody's like, what is going on here? Yeah, pretty much. At, at, at the party. Yeah. yeah, he'd just be yeah. miserable the whole time. It's like, it's your party. Or, you, know, you invited everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? Because you made us come, grandpa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, guys, it comes the time where you just have to cast your vote. Who is the better party host, Clover or Lord Marshal Burt? Uh, Josh, where are you casting your vote? I'm going with Burr. That was a good point about being able, like, he has the resources. All right. All without, right. yeah, so Burr. All right, Stephen, where are we at? Yeah, Burr buys the better party. Burr buys the party, and uh, I love that. And then, uh, Dylan, your vote doesn't really matter, but you can cast it anyway. <laughs> That's how I like it. I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with Clover, even though I know oh, you're going to go. Yeah, why are you going I, Clover? Yeah. Just to be a contrarian? <laughs> you don't want to cross him? Just no, I case. mean, so, okay, okay. If it, if it comes down to, I guess it's like, 
who would I rather host a party? I, uh, I guess Clover, I don't think he'd actually, I don't think he'd kill anyone unless he'd have to. So I'm not yeah. really worried about that or mm-hmm. my, uh, me being in danger. And, and I don't know. I just think he's like a funny, cool guy when he's not being a ruthless killer. So I'd rather attend a Clover party, even if the Burr one would be more, I guess, ostentatious and mm. showy and all that kind of stuff. It's an interesting I point, be Dylan, but there. I yeah. disagree with it. <laughs> I'm voting for Burr. <laughs> I want that lavish party. Yeah, I, you know? I, I don't think Clover, like, he's a simple guy. You know? I don't think he's going to be provide enough entertainment or food or anything. He might have enough ale, though. I would be okay with that. <laughs> You'd be like, there's tons of ale. What do you want? It's a party. (laughs) So let's get the next contest going. Lord Marshall Burr, congratulations on your win as the party host. King, the party champ, Lord Marshall Burr. All right. I'll get this generator pump in. Beep, boop, beep. We've got a good old-fashioned cook-off. Oh, a cook-off. I don't know who I'm expecting to make an appearance here at the cook-off. Do we know of any cooks? I know there's the whole thing with we Logan and his Logan, cook pot. Yeah. All right, and well. he does cook for uh, with the Fellowship of the Seed. He does do cooking mm. when they're on the road. That is that is more beer? Is more beer on the list? He, <laughs> he attempts to cook. Oh, God. He is on the list. Yes, that's right. When he makes the mushroom soup, I love that scene. <laughs> that was so funny. Where no one, he likes, he makes it and no one eats it. <laughs> Right, He's except a for freaking po- the shivers there, shivers. I shivers it. does, but shivers is just reckless abandon at that point. <laughs> but yeah, I love the more veer point of view of being a poisoner, just so insulted and taken aback that no one wants to eat his soup. What's going on here? <laughs> <sighs> well. Unfortunately, we did not get either of those lovely characters entering the cook-off today, but we did get two others. (laughs) One being the apprentice of Baez way back in the first law, and there ends up being a very surprising twist around this character. I'm speaking, Mm. of course, about Malicus Kwai. Malicus Kwai is our cooking contestant number one. Our cooking contestant number two is someone with magical abilities, which might sweeten the deal a little bit. Uh, we have none other than Karib the Witch. So we have Karib mm. versus Malicus Kwai, two magicians. We're getting the deep cut characters, Charles. <laughs> I should have edited this a little more. Oh, no, but... <laughs> this is good. This is good. But we've got Kwai and Karib. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a tough... Call. I, I'm sure Bias has had Kwai cooking all his meals. <laughs> yeah, which Kwai is it? The is it, yeah. Kwai or the? That's a good question. It just says Malicus Kwai. I guess we will never really know for sure. There's, <laughs> there's the point where he's already been taken over by Ptolemy, where it's like they're all eating this like disgusting. Uh, I think it's like fish that just. It, is grossing everyone out, but Kwai is just like chomping down on it. So we know he has really bad taste once he's gone full Ptolemy. Well, you I mean, know, I guess that character would be Ptolemy, right? No longer Kwai. So we yeah. Gotta, we got to go back to just the blade itself. Oh, okay. Interesting. I agree with that, Stephen. Yeah. So real Kwai. He's probably been cooking for bias. I think so too. Probably not well. 
doesn't <laughs> yeah. do much well. <laughs> and he does and, like and he what's he cooking for bias? <laughs> so you got no wonder, Stephen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it that Baez is eating? Good question. Yes. <laughs> that is a good yeah. question indeed. I'm not sure, honestly. But he also was trained to identify different kinds of plants. Maybe he knows a lot about different herbs and spices. He was bad at that too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in I'm like in Carib. I, I actually don't know how to pronounce her name. So I'm, I'll just I'll just say Carib, but I, I think I think she can cook. I mean, she died and stayed alive somehow and has, right. you know, a, a pretty good set of magical powers. They're, they're really murky. Mm, I think she yeah. could cook. She, or, yeah. yeah. Or take over other people's brains who know, like know how to cook and sure. make them cook stuff for her. Right. She like, pos- possesses isn't the right word. Uh, like mind controls, people in the in last argument of kings and uh-huh. i think that yeah maybe she could take over someone who really knows how to cook something like that I, i'm leaning toward her too all right all right you know i'm leaning towards karib too only because she's just more experienced she's like you know what does what does Kwai have going for him he's a wizard in training karib is an actual accomplished witch I, that's that's all we know so i gotta yeah. go for her yeah. So at some point in her training, she learned how to cook. Or at some point in <laughs> yeah. her many lifetimes, she would have learned the basic like skills of cooking. Yeah, she's okay. got to eat. All right. You sold me. Okay. All right. All right. Well, a well, unanimous she, decision to... from the committee. That's very exciting. Right. <laughs> Congratulations to Kareem coming out <laughs> ahead on this one, right, guys? Um, but well, let's go ahead. Fun? Yes. <laughs> From her, Nailed um, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, let's give right. this one the axe and move add, on here. You might, yes, I was going to say that. So you might want to axe that from <laughs> when you're editing it. All right. So let's get the generator pumping. Beep, boop, beep. We got a chess match here. Ooh, a chess match, a duel of strategy. Who's going to win? So not, so not squares. We're, we're actually doing chess. This is yeah. chess, but we could pretend okay. it's squares. That would be so, more yeah, yeah, it's same. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So on the first on the first on one side of the board, I should say, we have got another POV character from the Age of Madness trilogy, Wisdom of Crowds, out now, I guess, by the time this episode is released. Very exciting. Um, this is someone of a noble heir, a descendant of King Jazal. This is Crown Prince mm. Orso. Mm. Crown Prince ah. Orso, everybody. First member here. Across him on yeah. the board, another Age of Madness character. Not royalty by any means. In fact, quite the opposite. This is a uh, everyday man, but a ladder man has gone up the ladders not once, not twice, four times he's gone up the ladder. So this is a very wow. dangerous man indeed. That is Gunner Broad. Orso versus mm. Broad in chess. Who will win? Committee, what do we got? Orso. I'm saying Orso, yeah. Orso in a landslide. Right. Definitely Orso. If this was a fist fight now, Broad would oh, bring Orso. it big time. If this was a ladder climbing contest, Broad for sure. I mean, maybe not Orso beginning last argument of Kings, but up to present day you know through the end of trouble with peace or so for sure 
Yeah. 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 Indeed. Indeed. You got to give it to us. I mean, the guy's so. nobility. You know, Broad probably doesn't even know how to play yeah. chess. And, and I feel like he just would not understand why anyone would want to play chess. It's just like, be getting frustrated, clenching dude. his fist the whole time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pushing his glasses up eh. his nose, you know, as you do. <laughs> it's good to have a routine. So, okay. Or so, in a landslide. That was easy. That gives us time plenty to deliberate our next contest. Dylan, what do we got? All right, beep, boop, beep. We've got a fight in the circle here, Charles. Ooh, a bring fight a weapon in the circle. And, yeah, we're going to spin and... All right, grab oh, your Oh, now this is an interesting yeah. one. we got two Northmen in the mix. This guy's get Ooh, ready wow. because this is going to be an actual deliberation. This is going to be some back and forth here, for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> on the first, On the first, you know, half of the shield here, we've got someone who has been a member of the First Law world for a very long time and has grown to become one of the most feared men in the North. If the light catches him Ooh. right, you can see the gleam in his metal eye. We have Call Shivers. Nice. Oh, Shivers oh, entering the ring. Hard. And then on the okay. other side, new be, yeah, to the mix to in the Age of Madness, but famed for his fighting ability and proven to be pretty strong in the circle, we have Stour Nightfall. So Ooh. we have Carl Shivers Ooh. versus okay. Stour okay. Nightfall. Hey. Is this prime Carl Shivers? or Because this could make a difference. I really do yeah. wonder. Yeah. I'm almost I'm like, go prime for both of them. We got to go prime for both, right? I would think okay. prime for both is fair, but I'm just picturing like Age of Madness timeline since it, they're both right okay. there. But we'll go prime. We go prime. Yeah, because this would be a fun one to see in like an age of madness proper mm. yeah no, we're not gonna see it unfortunately well, I, <laughs> I mean we we did right. see a fight between them but it was not at all a fair fight no. if you even call it a fight it was just shivers slitting uh, his tendons <laughs> right right and that's the thing about shivers is he's an old hat he's got lots of experience where he can know to fight a little dirty wait for his moment where mm-hmm. stour is just a pure like blunder of youth that kind of like the whole folly of his character it's like oh here's what the young north is like worshipping the bloody nine trying to make a name for himself rushing into the circle this that and the other Yes, like the experience that Shivers has goes a long way even though I do believe that Stour has the best ability as a sword fighter he just doesn't have the experience even in the Age of Madness, Shivers is described as basically the last person you want to see across from you in the circle. And that's uh, with Stour still in his prime. I mean, it, I think it would be a toss-up even with Shivers in his older age and Stour in his prime. So I, I don't know. I, I find myself leaning Shivers, just his ruthlessness. Yeah, I'm you're thinking Shivers like coming back also. after best, <laughs> I know. But coming back after best serve cold and he's just, in absolute killer mode. I don't know how many people I would pick against Shivers. All right, Josh, where are you thinking? You have a vote uh, cast? Yeah. I'm I'm saying Shivers too. Although Stour Nightfall like does give me the heebie-jeebies. And I still, yeah. I mean, I know he was severely handicapped, but again, Joe Abercrombie has a way of like characters that you think he's already, you know, kind of put into retirement mode 
come back in you know uh, in a bloody fashion. Mm-hmm. But I'm still gonna I, so I'm still gonna say shivers. Yeah, but shivers shivers does still like legit give me nightmares. He's <laughs> he's an intense character. All right, Stephen, so. where are you leaning towards here? So we've seen shivers quote unquote win two fights in the circle, right? The black Dow thing does that. That doesn't necessarily We've seen count. him cheat and, in the circle. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. Black Calder ended up winning, I guess. And then in the the circle that Rika sets up, he's he doesn't get in until after one fight's already happened. Mm, yeah. I mean, he does win, like, no contest, which is why she, she chose him, obviously, 100% confidence. Stour, we've seen fight once and lose once, although he should have won, if not for overconfidence and, and blustering around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Um, I think I am going to go Shivers, though. Shivers, all right. And I, I'm leaning, I, I vote Shivers as well. The thing, mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that maybe Stour Nightfall is the better swordsman, stronger, like sure. more competent, but the experience at at Shiver's best, even post best, like right after Best of Cold, mm-hmm. he's learned all his lessons. Stour hasn't really yeah. gotten that opportunity uh, until he loses in the circle. So I think something very similar would happen. I think Shivers would be surprised <laughs> by his strength and his technique, but he would wait for his moment and fight a little dirty and, and squeak out the victory. So my yeah. vote is for Shivers as well, even though I believe Stour's the better swordsman doesn't matter <laughs> when you get in the ring <laughs> yeah all right that was a good one that was awesome so let's go ahead and get it going dylan i, I want to see logan into the mix i want to see glockta i want to see the classics yeah we're we gonna force bias to do <laughs> <laughs> well, where you got an election here Ooh, Charles. election now if jazal comes up do we have to vote for him <laughs> So, yeah, you don't want to cross bias, so you might want to. Are, is this an election? Are, we're we're surely not letting the people vote, right? This is, this is just the, well. The I think we'll have to turn it over to the wisdom of the crowds on this one for whatever that's worth. Nailed it. Okay, so well, what? Who do we have, Charles? We have two yeah. interesting individuals. Not two people you would consider running for any kind of elected office, but. On one end, you might vote for him if the election was for world's best poisoner, Castor Morvir, in the mix. On on the other side, we have someone who rarely refuses a drink. We've been following her journey since the first Law Trilogy, and man, she really steals the show with her crass dialogue. I'm talking, of course, of Artie. Castor Morvir Mm. against Artie in an election. Who would win? Hmm. I think Artie. Hmm. I mean, this Me is again Artie, like in her prime, right? Not in Age of Madness. Yes, this is prime. We just got to put him in the prime. To be fair, okay. does she have a prime? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, is there yeah. a period? Yeah. <laughs> I, I okay. I think Age I mean, of Madness might be her prime. It, it might be together. On, by I, the I feel like I. Well, I feel like current i don't i feel like she kind of goes off the deep end maybe i'm remembering a little bit wrong but i feel like if i don't know 
I'll let she, you guys talk. She has. I think she was already <laughs> off the deep end there. <laughs> yeah. By, yeah. Like, uh, by so I guess uh, last you know, argument, What are they running for? Because in in the first law universe, I don't see us selecting a woman. Unfortunately, that's true. Well, what are we? Are we talking about like president of the United States, or are we talking about uh, we're in the world of the first law and have to right. vote for well, one of these right. people? Exactly. I'll say by Age of Madness, there's a lot of uh, women in really powerful positions. Yeah, Mercado, we have Mercado, and yeah, Rick ends up in a powerful position. So I do think it's like shifted in a direction where people would be more open to it. I don't know if in the union, but yeah, depending on where this would take place. So maybe it's even more of like we're doing elections is the issue and not that a woman would be in power <laughs> because we, we, we do see women But in power. something else, guys, we have not addressed yet is that Artie is married to Old Sticks himself. You know, Glockta. Mm. There's that something is, to oh. be said about that. He'd make a yeah. great first man. <laughs> He's well, good at getting also, votes. <laughs> also, yes. I mean, if Glockta set his mind to getting his wife elected. it's an excellent point. Right. And I just think Morvir, he's not likable at he's all. The least likable. No one character. likes him. <laughs> he's very obnoxious. He's very, you know, nihilistic and self-absorbed. And yeah, he'd get up on the podium too. and just like talk about how great he is. And Artie would just she'd appeal to the middle, you know, yeah. and that's a Art- huge thing in elections. Yeah. That's the thing, is Artie is very witty mm-hmm. and she can't yeah. be likable. And so yeah, I think have you guys have you guys seen Beep? I've no. not yeah. really. I'm familiar with it though. I, I could see her as being how Julia, <laughs> Julia Louise Yeah, I could see her as being her mm. character. Where like uh-huh. in public appearances, she's like witty, but then in private, she's very cynical. And like that'd be a yeah, good casting like choice for an Age of Madness like that movie. would be a very good casting <laughs> yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see it. I see it, Josh. And uh, I, I think you're convincing me. I think we've got a lot of things. First of all, Artie's very likable. I think she's funny and witty, and that would serve her well on a debate. And the fact that she's married to Glockta is a huge plus as well. And but even without Glockta, I think Artie is is has my vote and would win the yeah. election. Um, so, Stephen, where are you landing on this one? The ballot is also cast for Artie. Oh, nice. The, so yeah. the Phantology party has counted their votes and they have voted. <laughs> for, we mailed them in for Artie. <laughs> so, uh, Dylan, where are you casting your vote? Do I even have to it's ask? It's got to be Artie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Artie in a landslide, guys. The, what a what a landslide victory for Artie, and we are looking forward to the new age in which she leads us. You know, <laughs> I'd rather her be in charge than Orso. I guess <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. At least when we meet Orso, <laughs> Orso yeah, learns his lessons up, eventually. But, He's I showing mean, some yeah. promise, but I like Artie. I've always liked Artie. <laughs> I've always liked RD too. So, Prohibition not on the table. Oh yeah, you regime. know that would be yeah. <laughs> repealed if it ever existed. Uh, well, no question. Yeah, well, unless she wanted it all for herself, she might have to take, <laughs> oh, take away everyone else's alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that would be sneaky. All right, uh, shall I get this generator pumping, Charles? Get it pumping, man. What do we got? Beep boop beep. We've got a race. 
Ooh, a yeah, foot, foot race? race here? Sure, why not? So we need two fast individuals here. And who do we have? Ah, interesting. Two leaders from two different, you know, points of time ago. They're both technically in the Age of Madness. Uh, the first one we have, uh, we met this character in The Heroes. She showed a lot of promise and even had some very interesting conversations with Baez himself. And she has gone on to become a strong ruler and, and general in her own right. Finry, Dan Brock, everybody. And then racing against her is a character we know and love way, way back from the blade itself. This is someone who, well, if it was a race to the mirror, you'd know he'd win. I'm speaking of <laughs> Jazal Dan Luther. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Giselle versus Finry in a foot race. Who would mm. win? It's got to be Giselle, right? He's he's spent all that time racing around the Agriant. He's, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's in good shape. I agree completely. by a chin. He had to run up the tower yeah. multiple <laughs> times while holding his steals. And yeah, he's just a trained athlete. Whereas Finry, very competent, but... Not a trained athlete like Giselle. Was. I do love Finry. Finry's fantastic. Finry would be yeah. great in an election, in chess, yeah. anything with strategy. Yeah. Like she would be very, very good. A debate, she'd be good. You know, so like even even a lot of fight, like she's the capable, she's capable at most things. I feel like if she was in most other, you know, these competitions, she would have come out ahead. But yeah. I I, I would take her to prom yeah. over Giselle for sure. Giselle would rather go to prom by, with himself. With himself, yeah. <laughs> but he would be prom king, I, I would think. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I'll say Finry would do anything it took to win. Like, something that I really appreciate about Finry. I'm voting Giselle as well, but just to give her so a it, fair yeah, shake. It, she, yeah, she's ambitious. If, we, if we're saying foul play is in in game here where she like i could see her setting a trap like if they're running side by side i could see her like digging out a little hole for Mm. giselle to drop Mm -hmm. drop in or something but if we're saying a fair foot race i mean yeah yeah. there's actually canon of giselle running and training and stuff so (laughs) i mean like you've got to follow the canon and these kinds of speculations so i think you know, we love Finry, we love Giselle, but you gotta give it to Giselle on this one. I think yeah, we're yeah. unanimous on that front. Am I correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I love Giselle a, a medium amount. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I love him as much as you it's... just described. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, not, Steven's not willing to throw us Steven, in the Steven, ring Steven, for Giselle. Yeah. Steven's like the no, no, I, I do vote. Uh, oh okay you give him the vote but you just don't like him as a person <laughs> steven's like the loyal union subject that like that is fine with Giselle, but is like i don't see what everybody else sees in this guy <laughs> oh yeah for sure i want to punch him in the face okay yes <laughs> uh, yeah that would be a fist fight i'd love to see <laughs> Giselle, I, like Giselle getting hit in the face was a very satisfying moment in the books <laughs> shocking uh, amazing but... that's hard <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was, you know, he deserved it. <laughs> Ouch. So let's Steven's go ahead. Nodding. Steven's nodding. Yep, yep. We, we, we're all <laughs> oh, yeah, in here. for sure. So let's go ahead and get the next contest going. Two powerhouses in the world of the first law. 
see them go away. All right. Who's next? Beep, boop, beep. This is running a business. Who would be the better oh, entrepreneur? Yeah. I guess this. Oh, Savine comes guy. up. Savine's still in the mix, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough one to beat, but she did I, not get picked. So I didn't add in a wolf whistle sound effect for me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll get on. Do we the have chances wolf whistle of sound effects? Doing that Dylan? in the editing process is not happening. <laughs> it's just zero percent. This is where I ask the listener to use their imagination because I'm too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or maybe uh, you don't even want to hear me attempt a wolf whistle so who do we got well it's not savine unfortunately as much okay. as we'd love to see her demolish whatever poor soul would have to come against her in this competition instead we have someone who's known for being quite clever who somehow managed to best uh black uh black dow in the circle i'm talking about the man who ruled mm-hmm. the north for a quite a while oh, i'm talking of calder uh, himself calder businessman calder. calder here versus someone who pulled himself up by his own bootstraps first through the breach at the orient i'm talking orient Orient? Orient? Orient, i think he's first through the breach oh, anyway no, yeah um, we'll check. <laughs> well liked by Glockdo, well liked by King Jazal. I'm talking, of course, of Colum Wes. So, who is more enterprising, Ooh. Calder or Colum Wes? Mm. This, this is, is an interesting. This is one. a competition. This is a competition. Yeah. Who wants to? I do take think. The first I do step? think Calder, though. Stevens going a, with Calder. What, what's pretty biased you towards, Calder? towards Calder? I, he's man. He's a great character. You get his storyline. From basically, I mean, we don't have the end of his storyline, obviously, but from beginning to where he's kind of a crap, uh, annoying prince to kind of realizing his his mistakes and follies of youth and then figuring it out and seizing opportunities and, and pulling himself up to you know, to be have what running the North for the past, what, 15, 20 years, however much of a time gap there is between the heroes and Age of Badness. Right. Uh, I guess debatable how good of a state the North is in, but... He's... Anyone like Calder that can that can get it done in the uh, in the kingdom realm will say I think he could run a business too. Hmm. Hmm. Well said, Josh. Are you have you, have you leaned a certain way yet? You know, I'm gonna say West. Oh, a schism in so the mentology yeah. community here. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> disagree with anything Stephen said. Those are all valid points, but I think that West is also just a little bit more. Um, like both likable and also mm. maybe a little bit more i don't want to say man of the people but i feel like he does he wouldn't put as many people off like i feel like uh mm. I, I feel like i wouldn't be too afraid to uh be a patron of calm west <laughs> store whereas <laughs> like want to i would to, probably to... just steer way clear of wherever calder was so for the for those reasons, I'm gonna part with my dear friend Stephen. Oh, Dylan, wow. we have a, a a gridlock here amongst the Phantology hosts. I'm gonna put it to you first. Where are you leaning hmm. here? It's really tough. I'm a I'm a big Calder fan. I appreciate how clever he is. That being said, I feel like Calm West's determination and he and his relentlessness give him a lot of, I think, 
capability in a business realm. And also we have canon of him going around running the more bureaucratic elements of the army and doing a very good job of it compared to the other folks in the union. I I think that he also has more familiarity with just the idea of what it would be like to run a business while mm-hmm. actually like up in the north i think like the idea of a business would be really foreign to Calder. <laughs> so i'm like yeah, yeah i'm thinking that those those two it's definitely competition and it could go either way i, I respect uh, anyone's choices here but i'm gonna go with column west interesting interesting Ooh, okay. now see my first instinct was to go with uh calder here but um here's the thing oh no because no, he is Charles. clever but steven <laughs> i have to say this he he's might be too clever for his own good he'd probably take out Ooh. like really lisky ro- loans from the banking house of valent and bach and and like to build this giant <laughs> yeah, complex yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden it doesn't pay off and now he finds himself in massive amounts of debt and you know Baez mm. wants to you know hunt him down and stuff like that whereas column west has shown to be very sensible again like he's unless he's angry yeah, unless he's angry and then he gets when he's furious <laughs> but he has been shown <laughs> to like kind of see through things and not let his own personal ambitions or feelings get in the way he's doing kind of until unless he gets mad but he's just doing his best he's doing the right job he's doing the right thing and i think that would serve him in business and even though I think Calder, I picture Calder being like a finance guy, like creating these like triple prime mortgages and like <laughs> riding speedboats around. But then I picture, Although, you know, I picture Wes having a very stable business that survives for it, into the future. If, if an infectious disease comes along, Wes doesn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm. that's true. Even the best planned soon, businesses <laughs> yeah, <too soon. laughs> we're we big west fans here we're still mourning yeah like we're in a shark tank episode right now <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> I, I would feel nervous being an angel investor for calder you know i think he'd oh, yeah. do clever things with my money and make it disappear <laughs> where There's west so borrows money from there. me he would like take it very seriously so so much potential to to start a business in the north it's it's, it's unplowed territory up there yeah but there's a lot of yeah. risk with that as well some other northmen could come and just steal it <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah Calder's, i'm voting Calder's for dad, i'm for column west that's my vote so that's three votes uh <laughs> steven are you gonna come over to the other side no 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 i'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with my i'm sticking with the <laughs> i respect that good man steven good man so we're about 50 minutes in I think we have time for one more. Do we just pick some competitions at this point? Yeah, like, should we just do some rapid so. fire? Let's do some rapid Ooh. fire. Let's do something here because we haven't gotten, guys, Nine Fingers, Glockta, Baez, well, yeah. Nikomokoska, like all these big, big, big names. How about here. this? I just ran the generator, beep, boop, beep, and it did come up with a battle royale, mm-hmm. which is pick four people. Okay. So I think that we could we could do it where we just grab four people of interest or start. Yeah, I don't know. If, well, if let's we'll have some run fun the here. generator here. Interesting. Interesting. I think with, with four, we could generate two good teams. Okay. 
Okay, okay. So let's do this then. So I will run the random generator, and here's what I've gotten. Some big names here. The first one is famed soldier of fortune, Nikom Okaska. No stranger <laughs> to the battlefield. We have Bremer Dan Gorst, the most feared oh, warrior there is in the Union. We have... Um, did we already say Kerndon Craw, or do we not say him yet? We no. Didn't. no. And He's then new. we have... Yeah. Oh, actually, no. Screw him. I'm picking someone else, not him. I don't want to do him. He's getting. He's gone. We got Red Three Boring. Trees, and then we've got Ooh. regenerating here Shiloh Vitari. So we got Shiloh Vitari, Red Three Trees, and then we've got Gorst and Casca. Four people sacked. go in. Except for Casca, only one can come out. Who's it gonna be? And to remind the folks playing along at home, we have Gorst. We have Casca, we have Shiloh, and we have three trees. Oh, for some reason I thought, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought we were picking two teams of four. Clearly that is not what a battle royale is. I mean, so, we okay, could pick I'm four now, more, but that would be a lot it. of no, no, speculation. No, no. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> do you want, I, should, I, am now, I am now with you. Should we do it? One, I mean, I don't, can, good, there's no rules here. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> what do you guys want to do? <laughs> That, I that's feel like it's a lot too hard to keep track of. It'll be a lot of characters to keep track yeah. of. Yeah, I think we need four. A whiteboard. I think four is good. So wow. Okay. okay. So four can, go in. Can anyone stand up against Gorst here? That's the. That's three the trees, dude. Gorst. Three trees. So he, briefly, he, here's here's how I see it playing out. Gorst goes in to fight uh, three trees right away because these are the two most accomplished yeah. warriors. And in a backswing, he just takes out Casca from behind. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Casca <laughs> <Kuska. laughs> dirty like that? Casca's obviously Kuska's hiding a from back the battle. backswing death. <laughs> We've seen it before yeah. with Garst. He's going to take out whoever. <laughs> That's uh, true. So, so, so Casca's gone. Vitari tries to Ouch. sneak in and do something. And I, it's kind of hard to say what happens at this point. Like she's sneaking in in the midst of the battle. Who who knows at this point? Like I, I could see it landing in any any way, but you got to go with Gorst. I think ultimately. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Three trees fought the feared in one on one combat and managed to well, like survive. He didn't win, but no, he did not manage to survive, Charles. He, <laughs> he, he held he out. Managed to very much die. He held out admirably. <laughs> briefly, briefly. <laughs> he he basically so what happened in that moment was he lands a blow that would have been a killing blow against someone who didn't have the feared sort of protection, which mm-hmm. is saying a lot yes. for Rod Three Trees. That being said, Rod Three Trees was then killed. And I just, I don't know. I think you can make a case for him, but I gotta lean Gorst here. Hmm. Interesting. Josh, where are you? Where are you leaning? I like Steven's little play-by-play. I think Gorst, <laughs> like, the thing is, Gorst does have some good strategy too. You know what I mean? We see him like being fairly strategic and in the way he fights. He does go into like fits of rage too, but I think that he would... If he managed to keep his head on his shoulders, I think he would for sure come out on top of this. I mean, he trains every morning for hours, right? This guy is, yeah. it's That's what he lives for. True. He's it's, got it's a the only thing he cares good about. record. Well, just to be contrarian, I'm going to do justice to my man, Three Trees. Like Dylan said, he landed wow. the kill shot. He would have won. No one knew that he was you know, going to not 
feel it and <laughs> fight back. Logan yeah, had the advantage did, of knowing did Fenris, these things. Like, did Fenris only let that happen because he knew that he was mm. armored there? Like, interesting, interesting. I like That's to see like, like Abercrombie does a good job of writing stakes in a fight, and I think that was oh, his yeah. way of letting us know. Look, Three Trees wasn't no slouch. He landed the first hit on the feared, you know, and that's saying something, but he does have to go for narrative purposes. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I always feel him. And then everyone speaks so highly of him. Like we're so many, we're way further down now in, in, in since that moment, like 30, 40 years. And people are still speaking yeah. his name where no one really thinks about Gorst at all, except people in the union well, who know him to be a dangerous fighter. <laughs> Uh, people speak about three trees more about his leadership and how noble yeah. person he was not really like he was the best fighter uh, when they start thinking about best fighter it's still the bloody nines name that's coming up in the north mostly. and leo grew up why comes up as well yeah leo grew up hearing stories of all these guys right including gorston he's completely starstruck when he when he finally meets yeah. him even though he gets thrown out of the lord's round by him uh, but, but you know ghost has a bit of a legend to him i think if he had died like he would have had a big bigger legend that's usually how these things work that's fair that's fair all right well ghost for the win and i think that's very fair i'm just gonna still cast my vote for three trees let the record show <laughs> that i stand for for three trees <laughs> honorable man mm. of the north here so there we have it guys i mean i'm kind of bummed that we didn't get logan or glockta in this should we just have those two compete yeah, let, in something? Let's do look. Yeah, let's do Logan and Glockta and generate a random okay. competition. Okay, so generate a competition, Dylan, with Logan and Glockta. Who? We, what do we get? Let's. We can't not. Do All it. right, beep boop beep. We've got a rap battle here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of the few that might not be a complete landslide. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this. <laughs> okay okay i think glockta like if this is eight mile style right mm-hmm, and glockta is mm-hmm. just laying the disses down on logan i mean because the guy is witty and is witty. you have to yeah you have to give him that and then all of a sudden things start getting awfully cold for logan <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> right it's like and then he just starts laughing this maniacal laughter <laughs> and the bloody nine comes out and just drops the nastiest rhymes you've ever heard <laughs> with the fury of a giant waterfall or something well, <laughs> right exactly because it's actually what's interesting is the prose becomes very poetic when it goes toward the bloody nine mm-hmm. uh, like writing style so i don't know i think that's representative that the bloody nine could probably drop some rhymes here is this your headcanon that the the bloody nine is like the best rapper in the north (laughs) yes exactly my (laughs) and that it's like a a fenris the fear dual style comeback from logan after he's been getting (laughs) completely destroyed for a while by glockta I, I could see I could see Glockta laying out this like elaborate rap where like you know it has like these themes and the subtlety and then like uh Logan just putting this like two line little like quick thing together that just like totally puts puts Glockta to shame. Mm-hmm. But I th- I mean that's that's a stretch. This is like the only way I could see 
Logan winning as if he just like comes back, like, you know, you just get this long elaborate cool thing from Blockta and then just this little, little witty bite from Logan that, you know, is kind of mic drop moment, but yeah. So Glockta is like Eminem. We'll uh-huh. say. Uh, who's, who's, who's the Logan comparison? Hmm, we need a rapper that's, I, I guess, more angry. <laughs> and, mm. But but less less wordy. I mean, Logan has some good catchphrases. And like Dylan says, he, like does, his, yeah. he, he, is, speaks, he speaks well for himself. He speaks plainly, but he yeah. speaks like almost like, a, I've always called him this barbarian philosopher kind of yeah. mentality. He could put together yeah. a nice, it's not going to be super elaborate, but there'll be a few kind of, you know, recurring, uh, recurring verses, I guess. And uh, it's going to sound pretty good. It's it's going to be a hit. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be a hit kind of like an old town road type of hit where yeah. you, you kind of hate it, but at the same time, it's like everyone loves it. So. Yeah. It's like simple. It's catchy. It's repetitive. <laughs> Just like all of his catchphrases. And that's how people love him. You know, it's uh, yeah. You'd have all these, all his greatest hits. You can never have too many knives. <laughs> Better to do it, do it and live with the fear of doing it. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. all of these. Uh, I, I think like the last line he mic drops on is like, you have to be realistic about these things. Uh, oh. and, yeah. uh-huh. So so I think that, I think that if we were like seeding this, then Glockta would be like first seed, but there's a very, there's a chance that like Logan just gets this amazing upset and it's, yes. a, it's a small chance, but I think that there's right. a very I think if we chance. do this, if, you know, if, we're like in Marvel and Iron Man's like, how many alternate universes, Doctor Strange, do we get where <laughs> Logan beats Glockta in a rap battle and then he'll just hold up one. It's like this one universe in, in which <laughs> Logan... There's probably a lot more than that. one, but it's yeah, the minority. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, you know, 70% of the rap, okay. 75% of the rap battles. I think they're going to produce two different songs that appeal to different listeners. <laughs> Personally, I think I'm going to like the Glock See, to rap this a little is, bit This better. is a rap battle. This isn't just like, you know, who's going to produce a catchy song yeah. here. This is them throwing okay. down. This is like freestyling yeah, okay, okay. rap okay. battle. Yeah. Okay, good exactly. point. Good point. I you wasn't could, thinking you, about it that way. You could take like a, a little catchphrase from Logan and like auto-tune it and set it to it, like make it a meme. <laughs> I'm sure. But like, I'm talking about- You can never have too many knives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful, Charles. Thank you. <laughs> and then and then Logan would be like, I didn't say that. And this producer would be like, quiet, Logan. We're going to make you a star. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good point, Josh. I'm going, I'm going with Glock there. I think that's Glock true. The rap battle, because when it comes to like improv rap battle, you know, Glock is clever. He's funny. I he's scathing, mostly to himself. He's very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. But can he turn that onto others? I I, I think so. Yeah. Well, I do think, I think Logan like is very- capable of surprises. I'm gonna have to agree with you guys and cast my vote for Glockta. Nice. Dylan, have you casted your vote officially? 29. Oh, Ooh. official. Official. <laughs> On yeah. the record. It's like when you go back and look at a senator's like voting history. <laughs> You'll see that <laughs> he did vote for Logan, so he is a Logan fan. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say, I do want to say, so we've had some conversations back and forth about uh, how much we like Logan and you guys like Logan a lot more than, than I did after my first read through. Hmm. After my second read through, I am a little more 
sympathetic to the Logan character, but I do feel like Red Country really kind of makes them irredeemable. Maybe it's not a debate for this episode, but we but can go there. Hey, this is who dude, would win. Yeah, we can talk about it if we want. Yeah, we've been this hard is- on Logan at times uh, about his his choices and stuff. I think we're mostly high on Logan as a like really interesting character and all those. Agree. Agree. Uh, kind of ideas. Like he's re- we're really intrigued by him. Yeah. Literally anytime Steven can take a poop on Logan, he does. <laughs> we always say <laughs> we don't like him pers- like personally as an as an individual, as friendship material, but we love him as a character written that. for a story. <laughs> He's, and I think a huge part of that is because he comes off so likable, but then you look at his actions versus his thoughts and... It's like Black Dow said, he's like, you're the worst mm-hmm. kind. You think you're a hero, but you're doing yeah. all these horrible things, which yeah, like, at I least I know one. what I'm about, you know? Yeah. So that's what we've always loved. And I think, like you Thanks. said, Stephen, Red Country just kind of brings that more into the front for the reader of like, this is what was subtly been said this whole time. And now it's a little more obvious for you. And yeah, and that's why I think a lot of yeah. people are also like Red Country gets a lot of flat compared to the other two standalones and i think people don't like to be disenchanted about logan i think that is a piece of it too but i think maybe the western setting is not everyone's favorite also that's Mm. fair yeah i like it i like them all it's my favorite of the standalones which is i like the heroes weirdly a hot take (laughs) but every time they're all great if we throw a poll up yeah we threw a poll up a while back of favorite Jabber Crombie standalones, and it was basically a tie between Best Serve Cold and the Heroes, and each of them were getting like 40% or something of the vote, and then like 20% or even maybe even less. It was, like, less. It was going crushed. to Red Country. Less <laughs> was like 45 yeah, like 45% to the other two each, and then like 10% one third. It was bad. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't realize I had such hot takes about this, but people people are hard on Red Country for a variety of reasons. Yeah, yeah, falls to the wayside. But you know, Logan, great character, interesting idea as a rapper, but you know, the committee has spoken, Dylan. I'm sorry. Just like you're in the minority about your love for Red Country, you are also in the minority for your standing for Logan as better rap battle contestant against Glockta, man. Glockta. That man is scathing with his words. Scathing. <laughs> Once so I mean, I... comes out, though. Mm, it's true. <laughs> it'd be so very I only got one chance. Oh, sorry. So I only got one chance to uh, fangirl Sabine. And I had to force it in there. Yeah, you really did. And that's a shame, I guess, too. I guess fanboy. I should say fanboy. <laughs> we, you know, we're big Savine fans as well. We only just got to talk about her this week when we were doing um, The Trouble with... No, A Little Hatred. A Little and Hatred. We are, we, are, we are big fans. It's a shame she didn't come up. But like we said, like, it's a shame she didn't come up for the businessman one. She would have absolutely destroyed... Uh, there's a few others here. Anything like chess, cards, negotiator. Oh, I was gonna vote for her no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in like a fight in the circle with Logan, you would vote. vote for her. Yeah. <laughs> She'd find a way. 
for sure. Edit, edit in some hard eyes into the audio. Right now. <laughs> oh <trust>. my gosh. <laughs> Steven, how, how sad are you going to be? How does one do that? Like destroyed. Her character was kind of already destroyed in Trouble with Peace, to be honest. Like she mm-hmm. was just blinded by the, the pearl dust and ambition. And it did not, very poor showing in that book. So I've, I'm oh, hoping she makes yeah. a comeback. Yeah. Completely traumatized multiple times, I think. Oh, yeah. She's had a really yeah. rough go of things. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like a Sorry, lot of Steven. a trouble with peace was this generation's learning their lessons, right? Like as much as Glockta and Finry and Calder were trying to teach their their, you know, progeny the the way of things uh-huh. were just they just had to learn the hard way. So uh-huh. how each of them learned things the hard way was very interesting. And Savine for sure got a hard dose of that so we, we're rooting for in in the, in the end of the series here we'll see where things end up with savine and now steven i'll be rooting extra hard n- knowing the stakes here just for, for you, you. <laughs> yeah the stakes are very high man i'm so excited i'm so excited for wisdom i know, yes. I, know. I know it's five so days like, away dylan and i haven't talked we've both read we both read um trouble with peace but we haven't talked about it yet but the way it ends it's like he's got a whole third book it's so fascinating to see where it's gonna go and it's called wisdom of crowds so i can only imagine what's (laughs) what's happening but it's 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 uh crazy and just in my opinion he's gotten better with every book you know what i mean i it's i'm not saying that any of his books are bad just he finds ways to improve as an author like every time he writes a book and it's really spectacular to watch. So yeah, I have a great purpose for this. Well said. I totally agree, Josh. And I guess what you're saying is that red country is your favorite of the standalones then. So welcome to the team. Honestly, you're not wrong. I, I, I was going <laughs> to. Yes. Um, Josh, I you just entered Dylan's like inner circle. <laughs> <laughs> I really like red country, but I didn't, uh, anyway, we, we can get into that another time. <laughs> another time. Yeah. Another time. But yeah, I'm excited for it as well. I agree. I think, um, uh, what, I keep getting confused, Trouble with Peace was just masterfully like composed and written. The pacing of it, the, the structure of it, the yeah. way things just kept happening and like characters the kept moving along. So it's like fantastic. So, so you know, guys are reviewing that yourselves. I'm assuming and, and trying to get that out. Yep. So that's the next Very thing tough. we're recording after this. The next thing we're gonna do is hop on and talk. Not tonight, obviously, it's way too late. But we're gonna be talking about um trouble with peace and then right into wisdom of crowds after that. So yeah. Yep. We we've read it, but we have not discussed it yet. So exciting. I'm anxiously waiting. It'll be <laughs> the first time I get to talk to Charles about. it's very exciting and it's definitely it's most likely definitely going to be a two-parter too normally we do one parters for books but the last couple abercrombie books we've had to split into two parters and this there's a lot there's a lot there yeah to get into and it still feels like there's more to talk about oh yeah we talked for two and a half hours about a little hatred and oh my gosh (laughs) yeah i mean we've talked for an hour and 10 minutes about just speculations on nothing with first law characters imagine (laughs) but that being said i'm also excited to come back and reconvene over on phantology pod sometime within the next week or two i'm sure very soon 
and we're going to be talking about Wisdom of Crowds. Guys, the book yes, is probably sir. out yes, already sir. by the time you've listened to this. So, like, start reading now so you can be all caught up when Phantology releases their book discussion. We will be there to get all of Stephen's um, Savine takes. Yeah, you can look forward to how devastated or... I know, now I'm reading this being like, okay, if something bad happens to Savine, that's going to greatly affect the vibe of the show. (laughs) What if bank on elated? (laughs) What was that, Josh? Well, she just croaks in the first If if that happens, then I'm going to be very timid coming into the recording session with you guys. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know if Steven will even make it. No, I I, I read the book for sure, but I put it down for maybe a day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh well Just we'll be born, looking out for time. their vibe on social media <laughs> short the few days after the book's released just to see mm-hmm. where they're at and right. so now that we've made it all the way guys if you've made it to the end then you just have to go check out phantology because they're doing some really great stuff over there a whole slew of awesome friends over there cast members you guys want to take a few moments to kind of plug your stuff even more i mean you, you got the hardcore listeners here at the end yeah if you like ftf then uh, definitely check us out and and mm-hmm. check out our, our past collaborations we've done what at least three i can't yeah, remember exactly, we did but... emperor yeah. soul two we're towers poppy or not popular burning god burning god, god. Yeah. that was a good yeah. one yeah burning god oh yeah. my that was fun yeah. Um, yeah so we've covered a lot of you know similar things some crossover with you guys you guys have done some things we haven't we've probably done some things you haven't so oh, quite a bit definitely yeah. you know if, if you're in the if if you're still listening to the end of this episode there's a very high chance that if you go over to www.photologybooks.com you will come across some additional content that will be of interest to you yes guys you For if sure. you've listened to this and you haven't listened to phantology it's like christmas came early guys but the, phantologybooks.com <laughs> go check it out like how many episodes have you guys done now? It's quite. We a are few. up to. I think our, our next will be one forty-five. Yeah, oh we've, my we've slowed gosh. down a bit. Yes. When we were first, we started in November, I think, of nineteen, and we were cranking out quite a few. And and we've slowed down as uh, life has kind of cut up with us a bit. But well, uh, and also we've reviewed like a hundred books, so now we actually have to like read the books. Yeah, but now we have to actually read. read the books instead of just like <laughs> we had read them before, mm, but we had right. an entire Currently lifetime right. worth of catalog. It does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before you're just reading the back of the cover, right? And you're like, yeah. oh, this is- that's right. And we we were able to fill an entire podcast with mm-hmm. with content. Yeah, well, yeah. no, no, that's the most impressive we part. We highly endorse them. You know, we they, <laughs> they're doing long awesome time stuff, friends of the show. We've been collaborating for a <laughs> long time, so it's always a pleasure, and we're looking forward to all the future collaborations. We have some very exciting things in the works with Phantology, and it all starts. Well, it all continues next with this uh, Wisdom of Crowds book discussion, guys. So, uh, do you want to uh, do you want yeah. to plug the D and D? See you thing? over there. We can yeah, tease a little bit. We're I mean, we haven't announced this publicly at all, but because you're here, Stephen, we will say we're working on some extra spicy new content that's going to be a collaboration with us, mm. with Phantology with Roger Roger podcast and with a whole other slew of content creators doing D&D. We're going to try and film it and make video out of it because I don't have enough to edit in my life. We're going to add video to the mix. So <laughs> it's we're super, super excited about it. We're going to have a session zero. Yeah. We're going to have a session zero where we're planning it in just a few like 
weeks less this month. So that content will be hitting in the next month or two. And that's super exciting as well. You know, we might not even, we might just leave this in the episode and not announce it. And all you hardcore listeners get the inside scoop. (laughs) I like it. So yeah, super excited for that, Stephen. We could not be more thrilled to have you be part of that. And yeah, Yeah. you're our, Phantology was our first collaboration ever guys in the community. And we were always appreciative when they reach out and, we, we we knew that we had to keep working with them because they're so awesome and we'll always be grateful for that first foot in the door moment. So thank I mean, you guys we, we for saw We saw a rising star and we knew we needed to hitch, to hitch <laughs> oh, our train. Stop it, you guys. That was, that was Charles, right? <laughs> the rising star. <laughs> yeah, That's how I feel too. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. Dylan saw my potential yeah. for a podcast many years ago. <laughs> Yeah, to, to over 20 years ago, I was like, this guy. Yeah. Before podcasts <laughs> even existed. Pod- <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all listeners for listening. Go check out phantologybooks.com, the podcast, wherever you can download them. Check out their wealth of content, 140 plus episodes. Some of them we're in, so you definitely want to check those out. And check out the Age of Madness trilogy, Wisdom of Crowds. Read it now. We're probably reading it right now, and it's uh, an exciting time in the world of the first law. So, Stephen, Josh, mm-hmm. thank you both so much for coming in today, lending your expertise, laying down the law here. Thank you, guys. Deliberating Thanks, guys. on some tough contests. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you guys coming on. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> this was fun. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends. <laughs>